Welcome to the Sonic Collective for February 2017. My name is Darren Scott. I'm joined with Scott Coates all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. Hello. And, uh, and my other Scott here in Calgary, Scott Gregory. Unfortunately, Alan Dupuy couldn't join us on this call, but hey, I'm actually excited that we have Scott Coates in from Thailand on this call because we've tried a few times and have been unsuccessful because, as you know, we're basically on opposite time. Um, yeah. But um, Alan will uh, call in later and he, just stay tuned after this uh, review and Alan's will be right after. We'll add it magically right after. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start. So this is the review for The Clash's self-titled album, The Clash, mm -hmm. uh, which came out in 1977. So I've always, I mean, I think a lot of people know some of their bigger hits and the London Calling and uh, uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go and some other big songs. But um, really, I think as life went on, I, I found I was drawn more to The Clash and um, I started listening to their older stuff a little bit here and there and I downloaded some of it and I just I, I just really liked it so but I hadn't really spent the time to really listen to their entire album but I thought well I'm in the Sonic Collective what a better time than now so um, we had just finished our reviews of live albums and I thought well let's just kick it into uh, a classic punk album, which I've found more and more lately. I'm actually really enjoying punk music as I get older, which is weird. Nothing like being 40, 47 and discovering punk, which is usually uh, relegated to the young at heart and those riding against the establishment. But um, I'm just, uh, I guess, the man you riding against... You are the establishment. Yeah, I am the establishment. Um, but anyway, I, I did pick this album, and I, I couldn't have been more happy that I did. I mean, this album was recorded in 1977, uh, it was Joel Strummer, Mick Jones, uh, Paul Simonon, and uh, Terry Chimes, who went by Tory Crimes, uh, and he was um, the drummer, and he actually, before the album I think was even released, he had left the band, and Topper Heaton, or Nicky Heaton was his name, uh, took over, and uh, so they're both credited on the album, but I bet you uh, Tory Crimes wish he probably would have stayed a little longer. Um, the fifth Beatle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pete Best. He's the Pete Best of the Clash. Um, but I, I, you know, I just freaking I, I love this album. I thought it was great. I, uh, I've been uh, uh, going through some weird stuff lately. Uh, company shut down, and maybe been unemployed and a little bummed, and maybe I'm just a little into like wanting to riot and stuff. So I, I, I don't know. I was just I've always been drawn to more upbeat music. Um, slow stuff really bores me. So um, I just thought that it was great. It was upbeat the whole way. It told a social, a social story about the times, I guess, in the 70s in the UK and London in the area. And um, I don't know. I just I just seem to really uh, be drawn to that. I just freaking love this album. I thought it was um, um, really well done. And just the song selection. And I think a lot of people think at the time, and actually it was true, and I know... Uh, uh, I think it was Paul Simon and the bass player. I actually had no idea how to pay, play bass, and Mick Jones tried to teach him as much as possible to record this album. Um, but that being said, really, I mean, Joel Strummer and Mick Jones were unbelievable songwriters and, and musicians, and I think they don't get a lot of credit for that necessarily because people just think, ah, punk, they couldn't even play their uh, instruments, and somewhat true at times, but uh, <laughs> these guys were amazing, and uh, it really shows. And I mean, in their later albums, and they kept evolving and evolving and evolving. I mean, if you listen to the whole discography of The, the, the Clash, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, um, I think my favorite song, I really like White Riot. It was about, uh, I think, that Notting Hill Festival Parade, which was a, a festival, I believe, put on by the uh, Indian community in the UK at the time. And 
some white supremacists showed up and they basically started this white riot. And it, after that, actually, a lot, of, a lot was done and it raised a lot of awareness around uh, racial tensions. And um, a lot changed in the UK at the time. But uh, I just love that song. It's like, riot, riot, I want to riot. Like, who doesn't, man? Like, I, I just thought it was great. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I really like the beginning to end. I won't go too much further. I think uh, the, the saddest story of The Clash was uh, eventually, like, Mick Jones left the band and went to Big Audio Dynamite. And uh, I know the story, and I saw a good documentary, forgetting the name of it, but uh, Joel Strummer actually went back to him one point. He's like, yeah, I think I blew it. Like, you were actually pretty amazing. And uh, But it was too late. He said, you know, I've already committed to Big Audio Dynamite. I, I can't go back now. And the Clash were done within 10 years. But uh, this was considered one of the best punk albums of all time, and I think it was well-deserved. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't praise it higher. I was waffling back and forth what I should give it at a five. And you know what? For me and for what it is, I'm giving this album a solid five. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just completely loved it. And I think for what it was in the genre, I think it nailed it. And, I mean, it's uh, a lot of other people agree, but maybe I'm just... Jumping on the bandwagon, but I think it is well-deserved and definitely worth a, a listen. Wow. Uh, wow. Mr. Uh, Coates, let's go to you in Thailand. What did you uh, think? I'm going to say hi first. Hi, Darren. Hi, Scott. How are you guys? Oh, sorry. Good. How are you? Really good. 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 Yeah. This was a solid pick. I just listened to it again here um, less than an hour ago, hitting tennis balls in Bangkok. And uh, I don't know. It's maybe my eighth was in this month or something. But, yeah, it's... it's uh, Pretty solid album. I knew The Clash. I've listened to Combat Rot and London Calling fully a couple times. I never listened to this album. And uh, to think it is their first album, and I was just reminded earlier this week like how much The Clash really did influence all kind of rock bands in the last 30 years. I was listening to a podcast with Henry Rollins the other day, and he was sort of talking about people getting fired up politically, and he's like, yeah, like Joe Strummer told you to do it, like or Joe Strummer got you fired up or something. It's yeah. like he's still referencing the Clash from like thirty yeah. years ago, right? So yeah. it's pretty neat. To, yeah, to hear how there's st he's still like Strummer and the Clash are sort of still looked at as like the originators of any kind of punk movement. And uh, yeah, it's it, one thing hit me is that it's not really that hard compared to today's standards, like compared to where rock has gone and how hard the sound has gotten. It's kind mm -hmm. of almost, I sort of saw it in many ways as kind of a step up from the 60s sounds of bebop, like dun, 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 dun. A lot of the guitar is just sort of ramping up 60s music a wee bit. Um, I almost heard kind of some licks from like early Stones, and that could have just been me, but like certain mm -hmm. little licks reminded me of really, really early Stones. And then there's a bit of a ska sound to it almost. Like I could kind of, I looked, the police only started in 77, and I'm not saying the police were influenced, but there was kind of almost a similar sort of dun dun ska sort of beat that in ways thought maybe the police get a bit influenced. I know that's sort of a strange one. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you hear oh, police and thieves, right? That's yeah. what I think yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That track was, yeah, that caught me on there too. Yeah. And like, you know, you hear Green Day or something like that. Now you're like, well, it came directly from the clash and you could probably draw a straight line from the earth or lines from the clash to so many bands the last 20, 30 years. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty neat. The Stones, I mean, um, I, I really liked the the one Stone, uh, Early was the song that stood out to me. And I love the very first lyric in Early is, I get violent when I'm fucked up, you're like. So yeah. What a great way to start the song. Like, uh -huh. the first thing. So, uh, yeah, Take it was raw. Society. It was, yeah, and silent when drugged. Yeah, I mean, it was raw. It was clearly making statements about what was going on through the whole way. And, 
just simple but but good good licks good guitar a few chords and uh yeah and it was 35 minutes you know there's something to be said i also thought albums in the 70s and like even early 80s a lot of those albums were 30 minutes 28 35 I'm kind of thinking away there's a reason like an album, a good album of solid that many songs is better than a 60-minute album with like 40, 50% of it being filler. So it was solid all the way through. I'll stop now. Uh, Tears for Fears. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, come on. The Who were way longer than Tears for Fears. But it was a lot screwed you over much worse. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so there, I kind of rambled all over the place. But uh, other Scott, what, do you, what, what did you feel? What yeah. would you that? Sorry, but just before we go on, like, what would you oh. have rated it out of five? I think you got to, you know, I, I want to say four or five, but then, like, why wouldn't I give it a five? Like, every song kept me interested. It broke ground in every song. It's influenced everyone. The quality was good. It's It's got to be a five, right? Like, I'll give it a five. Nice. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm kind of it's it's funny how much uh, we're going to overlap on some of this stuff. You brought up uh, Henry Rollins. I, I was looking at the production value on this album and it kind of surprised me because I hadn't listened to a lot of early punk in a long time. But for some reason, I was had it stuck in my head that it was going to be really distorted, kind of bad production value. That sounds good. Yep, I know, right? Like, And I had to Ooh. go back and I was listening to some other stuff. I went and looked up... Um, I'm like uh, damaged by Black Flag. That's why you bringing up Henry Rollins was actually kind of mm. funny because I'm like, well, you know, I remember this just being a lot grittier and Black Flag starts out really, um, really distorted and choppy. Mm. But then you look at someone like, say, Billy Idol and his production value is right up there. Like everything is clear. They're clearly in a, mm. a studio, but it's punk and you get back down into those lyrics right and, and like you said uh the one that struck you there for me it was in white riot it's the are you taking over or are you taking orders are you going backwards or are you going forwards and i was like yeah am yeah. i going backwards or am i going forwards <laughs> like that that's just as relevant now you know for me uh, in like you in, in my 40s suddenly going what did i do with the last 20 years mm. like I used to dance around the back alley in the Republic in the warehouse and, the and smash into people. Yeah. And, and now I'm like in my man cave listening <laughs> to the clash, right? Yeah, yeah. Where did it all go wrong? I should be angrier at life. But the so uh, timeless lyrics, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, sorry, just to, you were talking about how, uh, the recording. It cost 4,000 pounds to record in oh, yeah. well, 19, 1977. I don't wow. know what that works out to now. But, but uh, that's, I mean, right now it's about <laughs> 6,000 Canadian or, you know, 5,000 US or something. Like, yeah. But Scott, I think a pound from 1970 is still worth more than a Canadian dollar now. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but Scott, your point about the sound quality is, sorry to talk on your section, but it's spot on, right? right? It's, because, like, you go and listen to the Sex Pistols, or I think a lot of those bands back then, the lack of money and the lack of talent, they would actually, they kind of made it like, this is what punk albums sound like. But it was shitty quality because they weren't very good musicians, and they didn't have anyone to really record them well or any of that. And it was kind of the accepted cop-out. But you know what? Now that you mention it, like, this album, they can play, clearly, and they clearly got someone who knew how to record it, because it does sound good. Like, there's no, yeah, the sound is solid. Like, the performance is there. Yeah, and I went and checked out Nevermind the Bollocks, uh, mm -hmm. and it was just as good, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, So I don't know where I had that con misconception. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was digging through the stacks, and it was just some of these 
these higher profile ones as they were coming out that were, were shining bright. But I, I was really surprised. I really enjoyed it. I thought, um, you know, as far as the, the bass playing, you know, you're, you're somewhere between two to five chords, five being the upper kind of ceiling, but it all comes together really well. Uh, I'm, I'm a writer, so I love the lyrics. I love the, uh, get the establishment. Okay. What the oh. heck? What's going okay. on there? Is okay. this the secret, the secret uh -huh. track underneath? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, mute, mute, mute your microphone. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Am I going to get arrested by CSIS? Did you just send a secret message? That... Oh, did you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you didn't mute. That's correct. That's so good. Live from Nothing Bangkok. Please ignore that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry everyone. There, there's a drug right. deal going down as we speak. Can you guys still hear me now? Yep. yep. Oh, man, the mute button's not working. How weird is that? <laughs> I did hear mute. Sorry, guys. I just kind of Oh, that's okay. It was kind I of got cool. actually strangely a hippie friend from Chiang Rai from a bar called Tiki Bar. He's like got hair to his ass and he's been running a hippie bar forever. He's coming down to stay with us for a few days. Oh, no. And then we're going to see GNR on Tuesday, Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys put on a great show. Yeah, I hope so. Yes. They came to Calgary and played like for like four or five hours. It was ridiculous. We didn't get out till like two or three in the morning. Come on. Sorry, I'm ruining the podcast here. Oh, it's okay. No, this is a great segue. <laughs> Speaking of rock and Guns N' Roses, The Clash probably laid a lot of tracks for that. I think so. And I, I learned what a Protex Blue later on is a condom. Like really? my, my 70s English is is going, I learned not only is London calling, but London is also burning. And mm. I too am also so bored with the USA. So Yeah, it was interesting to hear that. I thought of that today when I was hitting tennis balls, I heard it and I'm like, how appropriate because we're all tired of the USA at the moment, especially with Trump, right? You're like, and people were tired yeah. of it back then too, like. I, I'm tired of both sides of that debate, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah nothing has really changed. There's just yeah. always something to, to hate about that. Hello to all our U.S. listeners. I love you all. Yeah. All <laughs> one of you. Oh, one of you. <laughs> Don't get mad. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Troll us. They're still going to find a way to. <laughs> yeah, troll us. We, we, need, we need more listeners. So if we get trolled, maybe that's a good thing. Tell all your Twitter followers how much you hate us. Yeah, and Donald Trump, please. you suck. I dare you to tweet about this. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Sorry, Scotty, finish up. Oh, I think uh, I'd give this... See, I want to give it a five. Uh, it's kind of... I know. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. I, there's some other stuff around it. I, I think they're great. You know, I always talk about the Clash, the Cult, the Cure, or three of the, the three C's of foundational rock for me that you can trace almost everything back to those guys. And um, so I don't know. I think it's because I'm just more in love with their later work that uh, I'm comparing them to themselves, maybe unfairly hmm. 10 years down the road. Um, but I don't think four is bad guys. No, it's great. No, four is great. Four is great. No, it's totally fantastic. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Good album. Uh, any last comments from you guys? I really hope CSIS doesn't come and yes. pull me out of my yeah. bed. Why do you just assume he was like doing some drug deal because he was speaking Thai? <laughs> I don't know. That's my internal bias, I guess. 
It was literally <laughs> about a, a flight from Chiang Rai to Bangkok. But anyhow, yeah, solid pick there. You know, final comments. It's just this music club. I just love that again. Like even a band like The Clash, which I was a DJ, I played Train in Vain and all those kind of songs at DJ, and yeah. I'd heard London Calling and Combat Rock, but I'd never listened to the original album. And something like this forces me to right. And it's yeah, it's great, man. Solid pick. Like I feel like I learned something about music, right? So that's great. Yeah, and I really liked um, kind of all of these picks always make me dig around too, right? So mm. it put me back into to Billy Idol, into the Sex Pistols. I actually dug on Billy Idol down to <coughs> Generation X, the band oh, yeah. that he started with and mm, stuff yeah. like that. So so there's always something uh, both with the album itself and then a, a plus one of just shopping around it as well too for its contemporaries that really appeals to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Um, well, yeah, I agree. I Sorry, go ahead, Scott. No, go ahead. I was I, I was agree. I was just going to finish up unless you have anything else to add. Um, but um, uh, I was <laughs> I was glad I picked it. it. Sounds funny. Yeah, I'm so I'm pretty. I am pretty awesome. No, um, nobody uh, makes better I, picks. Than... Yeah, no, but yeah, I don't know. I picked the beta band, and that didn't go so well. <laughs> We've all picked a few uh, fringe ones that were you know you're not sure about that don't we have to agree to never mention the beta band again. Yeah, I'm mean, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was great. I mean, obviously the Clash is great. It wasn't too much of a stretch. Uh, you know, I know I picked Sgt. Pepper by the Beatles as well. But again, like, when's the last time people sit down and listen to these albums? You don't. So take the time and listen to an album from beginning to end. And that's Multiple the purpose times. of what we're doing. It's the purpose of the Sonic Collective. And uh, uh, we hope other people will at least listen to the albums if they don't listen to our long-winded reviews, at least uh, do that. Um, but again, stay tuned right after this. Alan Dupuis will, will add his comments as well. So please don't uh, disconnect as I finish talking. But uh, for, our, for us, myself, Darren Scott here in Calgary, Scott Gregory here in Calgary, and so happy to have Scott Coates from Bangkok, Thailand. And we proved it because he definitely spoke Thai at one point and booked a flight <laughs> and potentially drug deals, Scott thinks. But uh, there was none I don't of that. think so. None of that. Thanks no for making that. it work. Because I'm 14 hours ahead. You guys basically sacrifice your Friday night to talk to me. So yeah, yeah. You guys good. Chat about it. Yeah, but uh, uh, we really look forward to it. Uh, Scott Coates, you're up next, uh, picking for uh, the, the month of March for 2017. Yeah. So we're excited to see what he's going to pick. We have no idea at this point. Uh, but uh, this is the Sonic Collective. Uh, not quite signing off, but for this first segment, signing off, and Alan Dupuis will be next. So stay tuned and join us and listen to us at thesoniccollective.com. Hey, everybody, this is Alan Dupuis for the Sonic Collective. Apologies to the guys. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to make it to their recording session last night. I was indisposed uh, due to a work function that kind of went a little bit late. So hopefully next month we will all be able to get onto the same recording without having to, you know, splice one review into the end. As you know, this month we reviewed The Clash's first album, The Clash. Um, I will admit right off the bat, I didn't know a whole lot of The Clash's music, um, primarily because I tend to stay away from punk. Uh, it, to, to my ear, it sounds like the same three chords played over and over and over again, uh, very quickly with some kind of shitty screaming and grunting and yelling over top of frenetic sounding music. So, um... Yeah, punk has never really been in my wheelhouse. I wasn't sure quite what to expect with The Clash because this is sort of... Uh, this album is part of the early, early days of punk. Uh, Proto-punk, if you will. 
And so, yeah, didn't, didn't quite know what to expect. When I hit play on the first track, I immediately thought about the Ramones. You can see how these early punk bands seem to influence each other's sounds a lot. Um, Janie Jones, Janie Jones, I think, was the name of that track. And, yeah, it just kind of, it to my mind, it sounded a lot like what I would expect a Ramones album to sound like. You know, very raw, energetic, kind of fun. And the the remaining tracks sort of did the same thing. They all kind of sounded very homogenous, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, one comment I did have was that the songs are all really short. So the whole album is kind of short. You can listen to it pretty much from from track to track to track all the way through the end, which is certainly more than I could say for our last pick from last month, The Who, Live at Leeds. So, yeah, all of the songs kind of sounded the same, which I will give a bit of a knock against for The Clash. However, overall, I, uh, I did enjoy the album a lot more than I expected to. Um, some of the standout songs for me were White Riot, which... You know, I think I've heard that used in a commercial before, and uh, to me that's kind of funny because commercializing your punk rock is kind of the antithesis of punk rock. Um, Deny is another good song that was I found kind of catchy, and Career Opportunities was an interesting one. I, I really liked that one as well. I think lyrically it's pretty relatable. You know, we've all kind of been there. Trials and tribulations of trying to find a suitable career. Uh, that's that's always tough. There was really only one track I didn't overly like, and that was Police and Thieves, mainly because the bass line was super repetitive. Um, and this, incidentally, is the longest track on the album by a pretty wide margin. So, you know, after three or four minutes of the same baseline just kind of noodling about it does tend to get a little bit annoying uh what i did really enjoy about this album is that the lyrics kind of open up a window into what london and, and britain at the time was like in the 70s for guys who really didn't feel like they fit into the mainstream culture of the time you, you kind of get the sense that they needed purpose, they were trying to find their purpose, and they didn't want to just get a haircut and fall in line. So there's that rebelliousness to it that uh, I think we've, we see a lot in punk rock, uh, and we saw a lot in The Who Of, actually, last month. So, yeah, while the, uh, while the album didn't really feature any tracks I loathed or wanted to skip, some stood out more than others, and I really, I found that all the songs sort of sounded the same. They blended in from one song to the next without too much variety in between. So I, I think from my part, it would probably take quite a few more listens to fully wrap my head around the nuances of each song and kind of get to know each one uh, on its own rather than in the context of, oh, I need to listen to this album because it's our pick. So um, yeah, I don't have too much to say, unfortunately. To me, The Clash, this album didn't really knock my socks off. But that being said, I've heard some of their music from subsequent albums, and I actually did enjoy it. So I think, uh, to their credit, I will probably start to explore a little bit more of their discography going forward. I recognize that this is their debut album, and so you know the, uh, the recording quality may not have been there. The 
tightness of the group may not have been there. And, uh, yeah, so I would say overall, out of a five, I'm going to give this a two and a half out of five. I don't know if the other guys really enjoyed it or not. So no, I haven't heard their reviews yet. But for me, this is a this is a solid two and a half. But I'm going to listen to their follow-up albums because I think you can kind of get the sense that these guys were onto something bigger. And a lot of bands, when you listen to, to who influenced them, The Clash is often cited. So um, it would be interesting for me to kind of explore further and get to know what this band sounds like, you know, as time progresses. So that is it from me, Alan Dupuy, with the Sonic Collective. Stay tuned for our next month's pick, and, uh, and go ahead and check out some of our previous episodes, see what you think about our, our picks and reviews, maybe you align to them, maybe you don't, either way, drop us a line, let us know, share and like this on Facebook, and uh, yeah, stay tuned, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs>